0: Hello and welcome to episode number 3 of the Deliberate Talks weekly podcast. I'm your weekly voice, Dakshin Adyantaya. And today, we have an interesting conversation of what the show is after all, all about. PODCAST! And apart from this, we also have our very first international guest all the way from Manchester. But before we get into a conversation with him, let's know some cool stuff about this content medium. So according to the mentioned history, It was Adam Curry and Dave Weiner who progressed the distribution of their daily shows, daily source code, and morning coffee notes via RSS feed. I also like what the online world calls them, the podfathers. And amusingly, in the year 2005, New Oxford American Dictionary also pronounced the word podcast as the word of the year. Cool, right? So today, I have a feeling it's going to be a great day to learn the hows and the whys of this format. And coming up in just a few minutes are some personal learnings and a gainful head-to-heart dialogue with our guest today. But before that...
1: This is the Deliberate Talks Weekly Podcast, powered by the Pixelated Egg Digital Ventures. Tune in every week to learn something new about digital marketing and entrepreneurship. And now, over to the voice of your host, Dakshin Adientaya. Enjoy the show.
0: We are back and in. Let me begin with a few pointers in terms of how I personally started this. I think the first thing you need to do is to listen to more podcasts. The more you listen to, the more you learn from different people, from different formats, and from different topics. It gives you a whole new insight about individual styles, their structures, the way they converse with people. And apart from this, it's also very important to identify what your podcast is going to be about, the frequency of it, the duration of it, and you need to at least plan 10 of your episodes. That should be a good starting point. So let's understand a little more in detail about this from our guest today, all the way from UK. He's a successful entrepreneur with over 10 years of experience in building multiple internet companies, including Podcast.co, Radio.co and Matchmaker FM. Interestingly, he actually never had a job in life and he started his very first business when he left school. So let's learn everything about this audio format today from James Mulvaney. How are you doing, James? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing wonderfully well, James. Thank you so much. Firstly, thank you for being a part of the Deliberate Talks podcast. And uh, tell me a little bit more about your matchmaker.fm, podcast.co and radio.co. How did it all happen to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I started um, in radio initially when I was like 16 years old. Um, always been, like listening to the radio when I was growing up. I liked music. So it seemed like a good career choice going into radio and I wanted to be a presenter as a DJ. Um, At the same time, I was also kind of learning how to build websites and this was like 2004, 2005. So the internet was really starting to kick off around then. Um, So I decided rather than going into the industry, I'd um, build a solution. I've I've always been very entrepreneurial. um, So I started selling streaming media services initially to the radio industry because I learned sort of what was going on behind the scenes while I was while I was working in and around radio stations. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, a few years later launched a platform called radio.co, which we launched in 2015. Um, we've got about five thousand clients all over the world now. Oh. And then last year, sort of pivoted to podcasting because it seemed it seemed like there was a good opportunity in the market. Um podcasting is a very exciting space to be in at the moment and it's kind of a good evolution of radio. So um, we launched a, another platform called podcast.co, which is uh, a really simple way to actually launch and host your podcast and push it out to all the uh, major channels such as Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. etc. And then um, from that, we kind of spotted a gap in the market to create a, a matchmaking service. So we launched matchmaker.fm, which is a platform to connect podcasters and guests. Mm-hmm. And there is a nice little summary of everything that we currently do.
0: Great. Now, from a layman's perspective... How do you go about building a perfect podcast? You know, the formats, the creation process, the promotion of the process, and the tools required for it. What is your formula to build that perfect podcast?
1: Well, I think there's an interesting thing, the idea of a perfect podcast. Um, I don't know what defines a perfect podcast. The thing is, there's so much variance in quality. There's so much variance in content. Um, and I think that's what, what makes the, the sort of medium kind of so exciting, I guess. And um, my advice to anyone who's doing a podcast for a business, um, you know, trying to have it as an extension of their mar- existing marketing efforts is start off by coming up with a strong concept, you know, um, think about your brand, think about your audience and who you're trying to reach. Because um, ultimately, you know, you, you, your podcast is either there to uh, kind of educate people or entertain people in some way. So try and kind of define from an early stage exactly what it is you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. I always think as well, if you're going to be um, trying to use it to, say, attract new business or customers, have some kind of KPI that you can measure success with. So it could be that you have a, a unique like link that you give out on your podcast, which um, enters people into some kind of funnel. So a, a good way to do that quite often is to give away freebies. It might be like a free report or a video series or a course, something of value that you can say, you know, if you if you go to this link, make the link, you know, something that's easily rememberable because obviously you're reading out to someone. Um, and you know, you can get access to our free course or whatever it might be. And it's a really good way then of actually sort of tracking your KPIs and making sure that you're actually getting results from the podcast. And, and also then, um, I always recommend to people who are starting out actually engaging with your audience too. make it a conversation. Don't just have a one way sort of broadcast, but actually try and get the listeners involved in some way, whether that's, you know, joining in the conversation on social media, or emailing you with their questions, um, or it could be, um, you know, sort of getting them involved to discuss amongst, you know, different topics that you're talking about in a show. And um, I always think it's, it's good to get user feedback as well. So, um, you know, that's why, why I think in engaging with your audience is very important.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And what about the equipments and the channels that you need to promote your podcast into? What is your say about that?
1: Well, I mean, as I say, a podcast.co is a bit of a shameless plug, but you know, obviously we make the process really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our platform has been designed to be really accessible basically. So anyone can use it. There's no real technical knowledge needed. Um, we take all of the stress out of subm- submitting it to Apple, et cetera. Um, in terms of equipment, you know, you can get started. I, I always suggest to people that you at least at, as a minimum invest in a decent quality microphone. I think, if, you, if you're if you thinking you can record a podcast on your phone or just like using the built-in microphone on your laptop, I suppose you can do. Um, I think listener fatigue is a thing. So that basically means that, you know, if, if the audio is not good, people mm-hmm. won't be listening for a long period of time. Whereas if you can get a good crisp quality audio, it just makes it more listenable. And I certainly think, you know, in this day and age, there's so many people coming to market with new podcasts. So it's, you've got to think about your production values. Again, you know, sometimes it's worth, um, if you're not confident or you don't understand how to edit audio, there's lots and lots of services out there. Again, we offer audio editing, but there's tons of uh, freelance producers online who will be able to do kind of a better job that you might be able to as well. So that's something to consider.
0: Right. Talking a little more about that production value, say if I can't afford a freelancer which are the websites that i need to go what are the kind of tools that i need to learn say even for the editing process of finding my stock music uh, where do you go i mean there's a, a great bit of free software
1: called audacity which which is pretty good for desktop um we tend to use um, adobe audition quite a lot as well which is obviously included in creative suite so if you already have a subscription for photoshop etc the chances are you'll be able to get audition downloaded as well so That's one to look out for. In terms of uh, background music, we we've actually got on podcast.co. I think if you go to podcast.co/slash/music, we have a a collection of free music which you can download. I think it is yeah podcast.co/slash/music. You know, we use that a lot in our, our own
0: productions as well. Great. Digging back to the basics, James. I think a podcast typically dies in its sixth or the seventh of its episode because you don't have enough people to interview. You know, you write to a lot of people, but you don't get a response. And then there is a lag. And eventually, you know, the show dies. Curious to know, before Matchmaker.fm happened to you, how did you go about scouting for guests and uh, booking them for your shows? I mean, it's, it's it was a very
1: varied sort of selection process. Some were people we reached out to, we thought would make good candidates. Some were people I'd already um, had met in some kind of way. It might have been i have met them at a networking event or you know I'd had a meeting with them about something. And I thought, well, you know, I think drawing on your existing network is the best place to start, especially if you're just starting out because um, you have that rapport with those kind of people. If you've met them before, if you've had conversations with them, you kind of know a bit more about them than perhaps you would if you're just interviewing someone completely random who you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know, that, that's a, always a good place to start. You know, obviously you can hit people up on social media on LinkedIn. You can look at Amazon have this thing where they've got a page, which shows all the books that are due to be released. Mm-hmm. So sometimes authors are good, good, great candidates for, for podcast interviews. Cause again, they've written box, books on pretty much any topic you can think about. Right. Um, they know a lot about that specific subject. So um, it's it's worth looking at, you know, and of course they're out to promote their book. So that's kind of another trick that you can use.
0: Mm-hmm. But what about those people who don't respond to your conversation? You know, on LinkedIn, especially, you write to a lot of people, but they tend to ignore your conversation. Yeah. (laughs) How do you go about dealing with that? And what do you think is the conversion rate of, you know, where someone needs to actually write enough mails to get uh, good enough conversations?
1: Oh, I don't know, actually. It's uh, a good question. I think it probably varies depending on the sort of people you're trying to reach out to. And again, I think if people have been on podcasts before, they're more likely to say yes. If they've never done a podcast interview, sometimes people are a bit freaked out by the idea. Um, it's quite difficult, as to say, the conversion rate. But I mean, you know, this is really one of the reasons why we built Matchmaker, because we wanted to co- create a community of, of people who would just say yes, or mm-hmm. most of the time, you know, because they're actively looking to be featured on podcasts as guests. And, you know, building, on the other hand, a collection of people who have got podcasts who are trying to find guests and really fill in that gap like you said before. I think um, it it can be difficult, especially if you want to commit to, say, doing one episode a week, uh, making sure that you've got a guest each and every week can sometimes become a bit challenging.
0: Right. And what if you don't want to be a part of starting a podcast of your own, Uh, but say you want to be a part of this trend more from a personal branding perspective, uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think you know, personal branding is is a hot topic at the moment. It's something that um, lots and lots of people are starting to pay attention to, including myself. You know, it's funny because I, when I launched my businesses, especially with Radio.co, I really was taking a back seat. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't as much the face of the company, but I was, mm-hmm. I was running the company behind the scenes. So this year, I've been pushing my personal brand, and one of the one of the methods I've been using to do that is by appearing on podcasts. Uh, also, creating content and, and paying more attention to my personal social media channels, etc. But I think, um, you know, matchmaker.fm really is a good way to start. If you're perhaps not ready to start your own podcast, and actually just get some experience by appearing on other people's podcasts um, is, is, a good, is a good way to, to get going.
0: Mm-hmm. And step aside the personal branding aspect of it. If I have to look at it from a business goal point of view, you... How can podcasts help brands?
1: Well, there's podcasts on every topic you can imagine. So, you know, whether you're interested in, um, you know, how to grow your marketing, how to scale your sales, um, you know, everything from from human resources, HR, through to, you know, just interviewing fantastic entrepreneur, entrepreneurs. There's, there's really podcasts for every single topic you can think about in business. Um, so they're a great resource to learn from, you know, and... Um, I think the good thing about podcasting is you have that connection where you can kind of listen to it when you're doing something else. So most people tune into podcasts while they're walking or running or in the gym or in the car. And, you know, you can kind of just be learning stuff without even realizing it just by sitting listening through the the podcast, just make sure that you listen to great ones like this one, of course. (laughs) So we've got a few different clients who are what you consider startups, um, so for example uh, a couple of them, one, one of them is, is a company that provides consulting services uh, to other businesses mm-hmm. and you know the it, it, it's kind of it, it's one guy he's the sort of head of the company if you like he's the consultant so he's been leveraging podcast in a way to um, you know effectively show his authority so it's a really good way to sort of demonstrate your knowledge mm-hmm. um we work with him to kind of come up with a concept we work with him basically to actually put it into production. So he records in our studio here in Manchester. Mm -hmm. He'll often have other industry experts in as well on his podcast. Um, And, you know, that kind of, again, helps fuel discussion for him. And he can kind of really quiz them on some interesting topics, which are relevant to his audience. And I think it's been good, great, great for him to grow his audience because, um, you know, a lot of those people have then converted into customers. Mm -hmm. It, It was kind of part of his strategy to, uh, you know reaching more people and obviously social media form part of that strategy as well um but also the other way that it's working um for him is that it is helping open up conversations with prospects so you know some of the people he interviews are potential customers mm-hmm. um so when you actually have that that conversation with someone who's a potential customer um you know on your podcast that can be a really good sales mechanism as well
0: makes sense And I think it needs, more importantly, that dedication to come week on week and put up an episode or record a podcast. Yeah. You know, interestingly, when I started the Deliberate Talks as an Instagram profile, it needed that dedication. And hence, I put in a format of creating 100 pieces over 100 days to create that kind of discipline for myself and then extended it to a conversation of podcast, blog, and how I could improve on that. Uh, You, on the other hand, also had a very similar successful concept of 30 days, 30 podcast campaign. Uh, Sounds like a lot of fun and a lot of workload on your calendar at the same time. Tell me, how did you go about uh, executing this and how did the idea see light and how was it successfully done?
1: Yeah. So, um, that was uh, a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. You know, you have to be really focused. There's days where you have four podcasts in a row, which can be quite grueling. Um, but also it's a lot of fun and you get to meet some really interesting people. And the way I approached it was, um, initially I looked at the kinds of categories of podcasts I wanted to be on. So I filtered them down into three categories, which were sort of personal development and branding, um, podcast related to sort of entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurship and uh, uh, sort of startups uh, and, you know, running a business, that sort of stuff. And then the third category was sort of podcast focused around sales and marketing, right? So those are the three sort of topics that I wanted to single down on. Um, I know people who listen to those kinds of podcasts will quite often be um, interested in what I do and also interested in either starting their own podcast or becoming guest on a podcast. So it was really the, the purpose of that was to try and promote matchmaker and get exposed matchmaker to new audiences mm-hmm. through the power of podcasting. Um, it was just a case of being organized. You know, you you need to use a service like a uh, Calendarly. I use a service called Harmonizely, which just allows you to sync your diaries really easy. Cause the other thing to remember often when you're speaking to someone on a podcast, they might be based on, you know, in, in the other side of the world, uh, So the time zones are different. So that's, you know, the easiest, and quickest way to sort of get your calendars in sync is to use one of those services. I just used a spreadsheet to manage it, to be honest. It wasn't uh, particularly clever or pretty, but it's just, uh, it's worked okay for us. You basically have a list of all the podcasts that you've approached, the ones that then say yes, you can kind of highlight them. And once it goes live, you can then paste a link on it. So you kind of keeping track of which podcasts have gone live and when. And of course, uh, you know, if you do appear as a guest on a podcast, it's kind of, common sort of etiquette to promote that podcast. So if you are, you know, have your own social media channels, so for example, when this episode goes live, I'll make sure I push it out as well on, on my channels as well as I'm sure you will. Right. Um, so, so, you know, just just about being organized and, and making sure that you've got good communication in, in and if people have any questions for you, they can sometimes email them in advance to you. Uh, sometimes people want a pre-show chat, which is basically where you just go over what's going to be talked about in the podcast. Um, again when you're doing 30 podcasts in 30 days you kind of don't want to end up doing 30 separate piece pre-show chats because it would end up being 60 conversations which is Mm -hmm. quite a lot so my approach to that was really like let's just have a chat before we start recording and you know that gives you the chance as well to kind of um, get a feel for the person that's interviewing you you know and, and their kind of style I guess Mm-hmm. um but yeah it was it was just about being organized and, and just persisting as well making sure that you you know you're trying to get at least one episode recorded each day mm-hmm. there were some days obviously where i had none and there was other days which were crazy busy and the other the other thing as well is you've got to respect people's time sometimes people are not doing podcasting as like their primary activity so sometimes they may need to reschedule at the last minute because things crop up and you've just got to be understanding of that really
0: right and you you went out to uh, achieve more than 30 podcasts over over 30 days
1: yeah, in the end, um, well, I mean, I'm still sort of going off the back of it, really. I mm-hmm. can't remember the actual end date, but um, <laughs> I'm up to about 40 now. Yeah, uh, so it's been 40 and probably about 40 days or something. But um, yeah, it's 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 been great. And I think um, one of the things I'm going to try and do continuing moving forward is just try and make sure at least every week I'm getting on one podcast, you know, mm. uh, because I just think if, if, if you can see I've noticed results immediately really in terms of, uh, you get more engagement. We've had a couple of inquiries that have come through the business who of people of listening to these podcasts. So it's try it's good to try and make each conversation a little bit different. I think mm-hmm. um, otherwise you kind of end up boring. Well, it's just boring for yourself. I think if you're just saying the same things over and over again. Right. Um, but you know, it's a case of just trying to have a, a bit of preparation is always good, um, especially if you're not that confident. You know, just write down some bullet points of things that you want to cover off in your interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and that works both ways as well. it works if, if you
0: 're actually doing an interview as well as if you
1: 're being interviewed
0: mm, right so uh, out of these forty podcast episodes that you 've done which is, which is your favorite one or, or the one that you thoroughly enjoyed doing
1: oh that 's a good question. well probably this one <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don 't know i mean um, i, I, I wouldn 't say that there 's one specific podcast that has stood out. I think um, there are certainly a few which didn't go great you know um, for some reason you just you might go on a podcast and for some reason they just don't ask great questions or you just don't have that kind of natural conversation with the host going but um, I think overall like, you know they were all pretty good and um, it's fantastic way of speaking to lots and lots of people all over the world and having some really interesting
0: conversations so you know it's thoroughly enjoyable really. Right. About that part where you mentioned, uh, you know, at times the conversation doesn't go great. Is is it a conscious decision to then put up that episode out there, uh, knowing <coughs> the fact that your, uh, you know, your audience might not necessarily enjoy the show? Would Would you be conscious about that? I mean...
1: This, the, you know, this, this tour is really, you know, I was interviewed by th- for, by 30 podcasters. So really it's up to them if they put the podcast up. I think most of the podcasts I was appeared on have now gone live. There's a few which were still pending on it. But um, I don't know. I think um, ultimately some interviews go well. Some, some don't go as well. Um, I still think content's content. You know, sometimes you listen back to things. You might, interestingly, I think sometimes you think at the time it sounds awful mm-hmm. or, you know, that wasn't a really good conversation or that wasn't one of my best. Um, But then sometimes when you listen back to it, actually, it doesn't sound too bad. So as long as the the viewer doesn't know what's going on inside your head or the listener doesn't doesn't understand what's going on inside your head, right? So um, I think as long as there's value in the content, you should still put it up.
0: True. I think it's necessary to feed in that content constantly for the community. Uh, What's strikingly compelling about matchmaker.fm is that it's a platform not just for building great connections, but also a great community. And with these kind of conversations, a community tomorrow becomes your brand advocate, right? But uh, I see a lot of people and brands have great ideas, but they struggle to build that audience or that community due to the lack of conversation that they have with them. So regardless of the medium, how does a brand, according to you, go about building a great community offline as well as online?
1: Well, I think um, you need to identify, you know, your audience is kind of wants and needs i think this is what we did with matchmaker we sat down and we looked at yeah we've got customers on podcast.co but it quickly becomes apparent that lots of customers are have podcasts based on interviewing guests Mm -hmm. hence we've decided to build this service so you know if you're trying to build a community as a brand i think that's the thing you need to do is just try and look at your your audience look at your market figure out exactly what they're struggling with or what they need help with um, and then try and build a community around that, try and get people engaging on that topic. Um, and I think that's the sort of, that's the power of, of building a good community. Going and seeing customers sometimes can be really useful. Mm-hmm. I think running businesses, like some of the best feedback we have is because we've been to, 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 to visit our customers, you know, and actually see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely value in having kind of like an offline community as well as an on- online one. I certainly think building an online community is much easier because, if you're trying to run webinars and events and things, there's lots of logistics that go with that. We did do like a podcasting meetup uh, when we first were launching our business in Manchester. And it was interesting to see the amount of people that came. Um, You know, there were people there who were kind of experts who already had podcasts. There was also lots of people there who really didn't have a podcast, but they were sort of thinking about starting one. So um, you know, if you kind of hold like meetups like that, it's a kind of good, you know, you buy some pizza and beer and um, it's a good, good way to pull people in. Um, you know, quite often you can find a, a venue that won't even charge you. I don't think we paid when we held our first meetup and it's a good way of, you know, again, engaging with people, finding out what problems they're having, what's stopping them from, for example, in our case, we wanted to find out why they, they hadn't taken that jump to actually start a podcast. It was really useful, um, to, to get feedback from people face to face.
0: Right. Super. So before we get into a more lighter mode of conversations, James, I got to ask you one question specifically to the future of audio. You know, with voice notes in India, contributing to around 22% of search volumes and now even Twitter, adding voice tweets to its own portfolio. We all know that there is an importance of audio at this point of time, but what do you think are the challenges in this format of content?
1: Good question. Now, uh, I think there's still definitely a problem with um, discovery on these kinds of devices. The way that you have to speak to your Alexa or your Google Home doesn't really feel very natural. You know, it's very kind of commands driven. And I think that makes it quite difficult, especially when you're looking at how to discover podcasts. If you know what podcast you want to listen to, it's quite straightforward. But if you want to say, you know, find me a podcast on, you know, cooking or uh, fine wine or whatever it might be uh i still think that the sort of discovery mechanism isn't there plus also part of the problem is it can kind of only really come back with one result or you know you, you sort of have to list to like a painful list of, of results so i don't know i still think there's some work to be done there apparently um also uh you know amazon have promised uh i can't remember what it was, to- it was called i was speaking to someone about this the other day but basically Amazon promised to have something available for developers and Mm. you know it was meant to be released like last year and it's just still not been released but um, I think it makes um, apps more basically you can understand what people are saying like more more natural language patterns or something like that. I don't know the ins and outs of it but Mm. I don't know I still think there's quite a way to go with these devices but ultimately they are very popular. Um, I just tend to use my Google Home just like as a kitchen radio. I do listen to podcasts on it and radio stations so Uh,
0: you know, but I don't really use it for much else at the moment. Right then. Uh, so now I'm going to be starting a small experiment on my, this episode, and I'm going to be throwing six rapid fire questions at you. You have to be very prompt in answering it. So are you ready for this James?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm always rubbish at these, but we'll see. We'll see how we go.
0: (laughs) Super. Uh, five tips for podcasters and ambitious podcasters.
1: Uh, okay. Firstly, uh, QVCAA, which stands for uh, quality. Uh, make sure that you recording and your quality is there. Uh, v is value. Make sure in every single episode you are um, giving some kind of value. C is for consistency. Uh, making sure that you release according to a fixed schedule. Don't just be ad hoc about when you're pushing episodes out. So if you're going to do one every week, make sure you do one every week and release it on the same day. And then the two A's are authority and authenticity so you know try and be a leader of what is you know best um and and just try and be authentic in your episode as well don't put a funny voice on or try and pretend to be someone you're not so just try and let your personality shine through
0: nice your favorite podcast or podcaster oh i don't
1: particularly have one i lean to um the, the the nature of why like how i listen to podcasts is very sporadic
0: so i can't single it down to one really okay you love wine, sunshine, and cooking. That's what your bio says. Yes. If you ever started a podcast on these three, what would it be called?
1: Well, that's a good question. Uh, I was thinking about doing a podcast a couple of years ago called Chef from the Chef's Mouth, uh-huh. where I would interview different chefs about their restaurants. Uh, <laughs> so maybe one day I'll do it. But um, <laughs> that's was uh, interestingly a concept that I actually did develop i think i've got the twitter account and everything sorted <laughs> but never but never took its production oh. so maybe one day i will but yeah I, right. it's weird that i've actually thought of that already so yeah
0: when you're not podcasting where do your friends frequently find you oh normally um uh you know in a restaurant i love food nice and if someone signed up for matchmaker thinking it's a dating site what would you tell them <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, we, you know, it's interesting because with matchmaker.fm, we say it's Tinder for podcasters. Uh-huh. Um, so if they thought it was a dating site, I don't know. That would be a great story. If we found that someone's actually found love on matchmaker, weirdly, you know, what, why not? <laughs> it, it would be, it would be good, uh, good PR for us, for sure.
0: True.
1: Three reasons why people should sign up for matchmaker.fm. Three reasons. Right. Firstly... Um, it's a great way to connect and uh, meet podcasters who are looking for interesting guests for their show. Or if you're a podcaster, um, it's a great way to meet guests for your show as well. Uh, Secondly, it's super simple to use. Um, And thirdly, it's completely free at the moment. Uh, We have no uh, monetization, uh, we'll probably be introducing like a freemium model in future, but for now at least it's completely free.
0: Nice. What's next for you or matchmaker.fm from here?
1: Well, we've got lots of stuff planned. Um, we have a development team who are working on the product. So we're releasing updates to it every couple of weeks. Um, one of the next uh, major sort of features we're adding is video. Uh, so you can actually record like a video profile pitch uh, and also send video messages and things like that. So it's, um, you yeah, know, it's, it's kind of, we, we only launched Matchmaker in February. So it's still a relatively new platform, but we've grown really quickly. So there's going to be lots more to come.
0: Very cool. Well done, James. You have done well in this round. Friend us on your socials and let's connect. And moving on to your last question. Uh, This is normally from the online world. We take one particular question based on the theme. Uh, And uh, we put it to our guest uh, to answer it for us. So here's the question for you. There's a gentleman who says podcast is dead. Who listens to it anymore? What's your take on this? Oh, no. Well, that's that's
1: probably a quote from like 10 years ago or something. I think that if you look at the history of podcasting, though, you know, it it sort of was popular when it first came about, like 2004, 2005. But it was really a medium that was reserved for the enthusiasts uh, because it was quite technical, the actual process of putting a file onto your iPod, you know, and then Mm -hmm. carrying that around with you. Now it's a lot more accessible. You can obviously just stream episodes from wherever you are. So um, I don't think podcasting is dead at all. I think it's It's definitely had a resurgence, though. Maybe it was numbers were dwindling a few years ago, but it's definitely kind of bounced back now. And I think it's probably here to stay as well.
0: Great. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for enlightening all of us about podcasting. I think this was really a cool edition of Learning. And I hope you had fun as well. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you very much for having me on. I wish you all the best for your future ventures and uh, all those things coming into play and hope you succeed in that too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers. Well, that's it from today's episode. Hope you guys learned something new. If you have any feedback, please mail it to deliberatetalks at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow the Deliberate Talks and the Pixelated Egg Digital Ventures on the social media platforms. Join us for a new conversation next week. Till then, inspire and be inspired.